welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Friends, welcome back to the St. Andrew's Podcast, or maybe it's welcome for the first time to the St. Andrew's Podcast. Either way, we are so glad that you are joining us here. We are a part of St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ, and we're glad that you are a part of that mission in all that you are doing. So today I am in studio with my two very good friends and colleagues, but I want to introduce Pastor D.A. Bennett, how are you? I am good. We we sound very subdued. We do, <laughs> which is funny because before the podcast started, we were pretty lively. I, I was going to say our pre-production <laughs> meeting, we were laughing a lot, but oh, you know, outside it is cloudy today. Yes, it is. And so maybe that kind of cast a, a quiet uh, pall. Right. <laughs> we kind of sound like golf announcers. <laughs> <laughs> and you could play golf today. The wind's yeah, going to pick up true. and it's going to be, you know, probably a one club yes. uh, wind anyway. As but, we are but, recording, yes, but uh, probably not while people are listening. When people are listening, uh-huh. uh, get a good warm cup of <laughs> your favorite, you know, hot chocolate or That's coffee right. or whatever it is you drink because... Cold weather is coming. Yes. When this airs, it will. we may have seen snow. And uh, our good friend Jeff, who's also in studio with us today, was telling us how he was preparing for the snow to get St. Andrews ready. But Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. good. Ready ready for the snow. Yeah. So with, with the cold weather coming in, are your hockey players like scouting out small ponds where they can have outside <laughs> oh, practice? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They've already got it all mapped out. <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, So, okay, since it is before the snow has come in, right right now we are recording on a Tuesday before the snow is supposed to come. So as as this airs on Friday, people will already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you both. What are the odds you think that we will have eight inches of snow? The odds of South Oklahoma City (laughs) having eight inches of snow, I'm going to give a relatively low percentage Uh i'm going to say two percent two percent chance that we will have eight inches of snow now we might have significantly more inches of ice based on what i've been watching but but actual snow i'm going to say two percent chance for eight inches Uh uh-huh exactly what about you jeff well i'm got privy information while we were at lunch i watched the news and kind of tried to keep up with the weather so Mm -hmm. according to what i've known as of the past hour, mm-hmm. we're going to have less ice and more snow. And more snow. So interesting. So you're going with three percent. I'm I'm going to go with three percent. I don't think <laughs> right. I don't think we're going to get eight inches. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, don't, I, I just don't. The no. wet, the ground's too warm. The, the number think, eight is really I think a lot of four. Pretty high. I think four or five. Four four or five percent. How about you? Oh goodness! I you know I whatever I seem to guess when it comes to the white powdery stuff is always wrong. So I remember one year in 2000, whenever that was, that the snowstorm hit on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah. yeah, we all thought it wasn't going to come. And was that 06? It was 06. Yeah. No, that was an ice storm in 06. 06 was the ice storm. Because that was my oh, first yes. year here. Yes. Oh. It, it, I want to say it 
it may have been it may have been eight or nine. Nine, it, I think it was. Was nine. it nine? Yeah. yeah. So who who knows? But the funny thing Call is, us and let whoever us know. whoever is listening right now, they're probably yelling at their listening device, like, <laughs> "No, there's no snow. <laughs> We're totally wrong." <sighs> well, and I remember one year, Jeff will probably remember this also. We we had to cancel services on a Sunday yes. because of snow. That, I, that may have been seven or eight. It was early when uh-huh. I was here, and I mean. Uh, you know, it was what it was. We didn't have live streaming then. Right. Look how far we've come. I know. <laughs> but uh, the next week, they were saying it's going to snow, you know, 8, 10, 12 inches. Oh, it was goodness. supposed to be this brutal <laughs> snowstorm. Yeah. And I was talking to our facilities manager, and I told them, I said, look, here's the deal. We are having church. We are not missing two Sundays in a row. We are having church. Um, we may only have one service with a couple of hundred people here, right. but, but we need to make sure the parking lot is cleared. And, I mean, oh. we had our plan. It was all mapped out. Yes. I think we got about five inches of rain that day <laughs> oh, was all we got. Seriously? <laughs> but you were prepared. We were ready. Oh, that's good. Well, this week we actually uh, are continuing in our series on Create, and we've been looking at the stories of creation. And I I will say, I I may have said this last week, I don't remember, I'm having to work harder on preaching this series, and I've worked on a series in a long time, Mm -hmm. but but I'm loving it because it's, you know, again, if we look at creation, and creation is teaching us not just how God spoke things into existence, mm-hmm. but the things that we learn about God through the way that God creates and how God creates it. It's just been energizing to me. The response has actually been very positive. Mm-hmm. One of the things I joke about, it's like, you know, uh, day four, God created the stars. All right, go in peace. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean, you know, what, what more can you say? But when we really do begin to kind of dig a little deeper and think a little deeper about yeah. these things, we, we see how creation really does reveal things about God's nature and character, how it is that we see, again, that scripture from Romans come true that says, in everything that has been created, God has shown his invisible yes. qualities. Uh, so we're without excuse for, yeah. for not knowing God. And, and this week was a particularly fun one because mm-hmm. um, we see that God creates order that we observe through the distinct and repetitious patterns. Because mm-hmm. when we read that, it's like uh, what God is doing here is on day one, let there be light. And, yeah. and we get that sense that there's light and darkness. You know, like we looked at the three levels of waters mm-hmm. in creation. It's like, okay, now we've got a, a level of light, and a mm-hmm. level of darkness. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it is. And it says, God says, Let, let's separate the light. Let, yeah. Let's put the stars in the sky and begin to uh, send those out. And that's part of what we love looking at in the stars or our different constellations. Did y'all study that stuff? In elementary school, oh, maybe I'm or sure junior I high, did but that was a long time ago. I, I never, I mean, we 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 looked at like the planets, right? But we never got into like the constellations. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And so many of the constellations, in in my understanding, of course, you know, it, it's been a hundred years since I was in elementary school, <laughs> but. Um, a, a lot of Greek mythology comes from their understanding of the constellations. Uh-huh. Now, uh, the Big Dipper, obviously, that's an easy one for us to see in the summertime. And, of course, then you've got the the Little Dipper. In fact, sometimes if you find the Little Dipper, you're like, oh, why is that the Big Dipper? Oh, wait, there's a Big Dipper. <laughs> dipper. And, and then the uh, in the winter, Taurus the Bull is the one that I yeah. always see because of the three stars and yeah. then the one. It's like how they saw a bull in that, I will never right. know. <laughs> but the, the other constellation I always remember, and I think it's a summertime because I haven't seen it in a long time because I haven't looked for it, is Orion. Yeah. And I, I saw a funny meme last week. It's like, 
a cartoon of Orion, and he said, hey, my new belt came. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh it's only rated three stars. <laughs> and it's because of the three <laughs> yes. stars that they looked yes. at and said, oh, that's like Orion's belt. <laughs> right, right. And so, uh, so but, but we see patterns in the sky. The yeah. ancient peoples thought maybe those somehow were reflective of lesser gods, pagan yeah. gods, mythological gods. But we actually do understand something about who God is. And, and, yeah. the, and the thing that I love is that there are patterns that we, you know, summer, uh, fall, winter, spring, mm-hmm. you know, we, we see the pattern and we can live our lives and leverage those things mm-hmm. to our advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, agriculturally, farmers know, okay, it's uh, springtime. Uh, if you're waiting till the spring to plant your wheat, you probably waited too long. You right. need to plant that in the fall and yeah. then it you know mm-hmm. we know when we start getting to the end of spring the start of summer that's when harvest yeah is going to happen and we just have to learn those things you know it's so interesting to me when i think about the stars because uh i remember growing up you know my my friends would be very into astrology you know that and they'd be into the the zodiac sign? signs and yeah. the things. And my parents, being wonderful Christian people, said, we don't do that, right. Stephanie, we don't do that. And I said, well, that's fine with me. So ever since then, I, you know, we don't do that. But the interesting thing I found reading uh, one of my favorite authors that I've mentioned many times, uh, Sandra Richter, that wrote Epic of Eden, she talked about um, Revelation quite a bit towards uh-huh. the end of her book. And she talked about the that when Jesus revealed things to John, that they, they talked about signs in the sky right? and that many times, and you even think about the birth of Jesus Christ and the star over the manger. And that's how the wise men got there that, that God does put signs in the sky and, and that God, in a sense, I I guess I like to say it this way. God owned that before evil owned that. Right. And so, uh, I think it's important for us to say, um, you know, we, we are, we, God uses the whole universe to express his glory, to guide people, to lead people, to draw people to himself. And just an interesting thought with that. And and when we talk about the whole universe, again, the, the finiteness of my mind and my understanding, I cannot understand, honestly, the scope mm-hmm. of how large the universe is. And of course, yeah. some scientists still believe that the universe is, is expanding even as we mm-hmm. live and breathe. Uh, and I, I think we have a sense that there's enough size at the universe that uh, we we cannot know and may not ever know that mm-hmm. causes us to ask the question, you know, is there intelligent life, mm-hmm. which is really boastful, you know, of, <laughs> that we're intelligent life. You know, is, is, is there intelligent life speaking. somewhere else in the universe? And, yeah. and I've had people that were earnestly seeking to find out answers about God. I, I remember yeah. um, as a campus minister, we did a program every year. We called it God Questions. You can write down any question about God or the church or anything uh-huh. you want to know. I'd usually bring in a couple of pastors from different faith traditions that might have different perspectives mm-hmm. to answer the questions from their perspective. And we had one student, uh, he was from Taiwan, and I remember that he was always wanting to know, is there life you know, mm-hmm. somewhere else somewhere in the else. universe. Yeah. You know, that, that was his mm-hmm. question. And the universe, uh, I, I, let's just get Jeff to share some of the oh, stuff yeah. he was sharing this with us so great. about how big perhaps we can get a sense yeah. of how big the universe yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So 
you know, we started talking about, you know, the stars and, yeah. you know, planets and stuff like that. And, you know, um, uh, we live on in the Milky Way mm-hmm. and they estimate the Milky Way to be 100,000 light years across. Hmm. So that's that's, that's quite that's a, a significant bit. significant size, right? Yeah. 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 So um, for those that don't know how big a light year is, once again, Milky Way, 100,000 light years wide. Mm-hmm. One light year is equal to 5.6 um, trillion miles. 5.6 trillion miles. Now, again, su- Sunday. You know, I used the, the introduction to talk about a quintillion, yes. 10 quintillion, which was a 10 yeah. with 18 zeros behind it. Yeah. So that's a lot more than a trillion. But honestly, I can't, I mean, I can say million, I can say billion, but I, I cannot comprehend that. You can't conceptualize it. So, yeah. So, so, so tell, visually, us, tell us more about that. Yeah. So visually, um, the largest road in the U.S. Mm-hmm. is U.S. 20, and it is roughly 3,300 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, so from to, the east coast to the, the west east coast, coast to the west coast, or the yeah. west coast to the east coast, depending <laughs> on which, <laughs> on where which you're way you're driving. <laughs> so, to equal one light year, you would have to drive that stretch of road a five point um, or one point seven billion times <laughs> to equal one light year. That's crazy. Okay, so these these numbers are staggering. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. those are big numbers. Uh, you know, if my bottom line were that much, that would be really good. Although, <laughs> what would you possibly spend all right. that money on right. other than uh, shoes? Yes. So, <laughs> good answer. Very good answer. But uh, that's just the Milky Way. That's I mean, just we, the Milky Way. When we're talking the universe, yeah. it's more than just the Milky Way. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And, uh, so the biggest known universe uh-huh. is ic 1101 okay. which is estimated to be 50 times larger than the milky way my goodness so, so if we're talking um the milky way you had to drive that one road 1.7 billion times yeah at driving 80 miles an hour it'd take you 57 or 59 thousand years, 59, years. To that's, just that's... to do one light year oh my goodness yeah and then you have to do it a hundred thousand times for the Milky Way. For the Milky Way, and then you do it fifty more times over that, for just for other... that. What's five million? Known. Good grief! That's amazing. It's unbelievable. That, that's yes. that's a lot of snacks and bathroom stops and <laughs> gas refills. <laughs> Absolutely. Stops. Trips to Bucky's. That's exactly right. That bottom line would go to the gas bill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Well, you know when we we talk about. You know, at least what we're able to understand about the size of the universe, again, just mm-hmm. it's it's beyond our ability in our finite minds to really conceive of it. We can say the numbers, but, you know, how, how do we understand them or experience yeah. them? But one of the bigger arguments that, that I got into Sunday, and for those of you listening to the podcast, I want you to know that uh, something that is not rare happens Sunday. It's something that happens quite frequently and that is i made a mistake in something i said (laughs) sunday (laughs) but uh i I know that you might not have picked up on this but we were talking about the fact that there's design and that there's 
order in the universe is uh, something called intelligent design theory. It's like, you know, you can't just take a bunch of watch parts and eventually they become a watch mm-hmm. because there's a watch. There must therefore be a watch maker. Mm-hmm. And I said that was also called the cosmological argument. Mm-hmm. And I erred in my memory. That is not technically the cosmological oh, yes. argument. Technically, it is called the teleological argument, T E L logical uh you know <laughs> however you spell that um uh, and uh but but that the teleological argument and this is really not an, an argument for creation it's an argument for the existence of god mm-hmm. that because there is order in the universe god is the organizer of that there's mm-hmm. a watch there's a watchmaker if there's a book there is an author if there's a universe somebody put it together mm-hmm. and so the teleological argument becomes an argument for the existence of god mm-hmm. but the cosmological argument is also something that we can tie it to and again it's not arguing about creation as much as it's arguing about the existence of god mm-hmm. the cosmological argument would say that everything must have an adequate cause that's why people are saying what caused the universe to come into existence. So everything must have an adequate cause. And God is the cause of the beginning of the universe. Mm -hmm. And God has created the universe so there, there, there are these distinct repetitious patterns. They happen on a small scale. Sun's going to rise in the east. Right. It's going to, you know, set in the west. The moon, uh, we're going to see that go from, a, a beautiful, bright, brilliant full moon mm-hmm. through its crescent phases, mm-hmm. so that uh, it to me, I would say it looks like a fingernail clipping in the sky because it's <laughs> right. it's, it's so small. Um, and and the way we live our lives, it, we we have learned to depend upon these repetitious mm-hmm. patterns. Again, mm-hmm. farmers are going to plant their crops around them, or, or read the book of Acts, and when. Uh, the apostle Paul is being taken to Rome so he can Mm -hmm. have his case appealed before Caesar. It says, you know, I warned them not to go sailing because Mm -hmm. winter was coming and we needed to seek port, but they didn't, you know, acknowledge what Paul said. He he just, he knew the weather pattern. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. This is not going to be pretty. Uh, That's what we're getting ready to face here at the first part of February, you know, we, we predict the weather patterns. Yeah. And right now, even though this winter seems to have been this way, we kind of alternate between hot and warm, hot and warm. Right. Um, makes you wonder what's going to happen. Um, but the, the warmer temperatures do have an effect on that wheat that was planted last fall. Right. You know, is it going to try to fool <laughs> yeah. the wheat into to yeah. sprouting early? And so those, those were some of the mm-hmm. things that we discuss but primarily when we again think of the lights being separated in the sky and there was a a lesser light and a greater light the the creation of the stars and the planets uh tells us not just of the design but of god's Mm -hmm. reliability probably a better word i I probably should have used it was god's faithfulness Faithfulness, or god's steadfastness and i i love the the meme that i had read that said we live on a blue planet that circles a ball of fire and is next to a moon that moves the seas. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so part of what we can see is, again, we know the pattern of the moon and it's predictable, yeah. but also that that part of creation has an effect mm-hmm. on our lives. Yeah. Well, and I love, too, th- that as we've looked at the whole story of creation, we see 
we see God's nature in how he's created and what he's created. And I feel like this is another time where we see something about the nature of God, that he He must in some way value cycles. Yes. And, you know, when I think about the fact that um, the, the planet, the, the, the planets are spinning, you know, on their axis, right. Earth is spinning on its axis, and then it's spinning... Uh, you know, around the moon, or the moon is the spinning, spinning around, around it. Earth, yes, right. and then the Earth is spinning around the sun. You know, this whole idea that it's it's very cyclical, and with the the seasons are very cyclical. Life is very cyclical. It's just an interesting thing to me when I think, okay, God, you could have created everything on a linear plane. You know, yeah, you could have just said, I, we're just going to start at point A and we're going to end at Z and everything's just going to remain linear. But that's not that's not what he said. And so, you know, I think about, OK, well, what what does that teach us about God? But there is something that is um, that is very true about a cycle that it is reliable. Mm-hmm. And and when you know that you're going to you're going to come back around to the season of winter and, and winter's going to be the dead barren season. And then you're going to, you know, come into spring where things come back to life. And then you're going to come into summer where things are warm and, and you see the beauty of life and then fall as it begins to deteriorate. And then it just goes back into this cycle. And, uh, and so I think, okay, God, as you do that, part of what it says to me is, um, he's a God of, of chances, many chances, you know, that, you know, he's going to offer you another season of life that says okay let's let's do this again let's learn something new you know one of the things that comes to mind and i I, you know is not only is the earth spinning Mm -hmm. on its axis but we know we have the poles the north pole and the south pole and you know right now being winter you know the the southern pole Mm -hmm. is closer Mm -hmm. to the sun that's why where we live in the northern hemisphere it's colder colder and it's like the predictable pattern is at some point the north is going to say i've had enough of this (laughs) (laughs) and and it's going to flip back the other way and you know again that gives uh the hours of daylight that we experience and and the Mm -hmm. the seasons of that Mm -hmm. and whenever i think about Okay, so the planet Earth is spinning on an axis mm-hmm. while it's rotating around the sun. And then, you know, Jeff, weigh in because you are kind of mm-hmm. our galactic expert. <laughs> As I understand wow, that's it, a good title. The, the, the Milky Way is also moving through the universe that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not yep. just like, oh, yeah, we, we exist in this closed system. Mm-hmm. No, this closed system we call the Milky Way is actually part of it's spinning a well. larger it's and, and it's rotating. Just, yeah. You get dizzy thinking of that. You get dizzy. That's right. <laughs> how, how is it that we don't fly off there? Well, it's not actually in the creation story, but we do know God created gravity. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and isn't that another interesting thing that we learn about God's nature, that, that that it's always in motion. You know, God himself is not stagnant. Right. He doesn't want us to be stagnant. And and so thing, these things are always in motion, and that motion itself is actually creating something good in the gravity that we experience that grounds us. Absolutely. And, and that's why, you know, if we have a, a space shuttle or a rocket that we've got to get into outer space, mm-hmm. it's got to break out of that rotation. Yes. It's got to break right? through the atmosphere uh-huh. and, and get out of our gravitational pull. Yes. As well, it were. And the other thing that, that comes to mind when we're talking about the sun and the moon and its relationship to Earth, to me is so interesting when you think about the the moon not being its own source of light. It is it is only reflective, yes. right? I of, didn't even get into that, but I right? studied that. I never had <laughs> talked about that last week. Well, it, I, the thing I love about this is that 
Number one, it says to me, God does not ever leave us in the dark because even at night we have a source of light, but it's, it's not its own source. It's not a lesser source or a lesser version of the sun. The sun is so powerful that all the moon has to do is reflect the sun's light and it provides light at night. And so symbolically, again, I believe God gives us physical representations of spiritual truths. And so I feel like he's saying in that, I won't ever leave you in the dark. You know, but all, but the true source of light is me, just like you right. said to us, and that to me is is very very interesting. Um, but the other thing that I find interesting about it is that that the moon, the moon is a great example of who we are to be as Christians. You know, we 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 cannot create our own source of light within right. us. We we are the ones that reflect the light of God and create a light in the darkness. And that's a beautiful thing. That, that's a beautiful thing. That's kind of where, you know, again, I I was so overwhelmed by everything I was thinking. <laughs> There's so much. That I, I yeah. couldn't get it all in there. Yeah. But it's like, you know, sometimes part we would say part of the earth is always in darkness. But you're exactly right. 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 The, the moon reflects a lot of the sun, so that doesn't mm-hmm. really happen. God called it the lesser mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, the way we live is we just feel overcome with mm-hmm. darkness and you know, how can I get out of this cycle? Because my cycle doesn't feel like a cycle of light. It feels like a cycle mm, of darkness. Yeah. And to me, uh, that is the beauty of this understanding that light is the first revelation mm-hmm. of who God is. And with these patterns of life, it, we don't buy into the Eastern mysticism mm-hmm. that says, oh, well, there's always going to be light and darkness. No, mm-hmm. we, we can have faith that God is always going to try to attract us mm-hmm. to the light. There may be seasons of difficulty yeah. and, and spiritually. Yeah, we have seasons of doubt. Yeah. We have seasons where, honestly, we have not reflected the light of God, right. chosen to live in darkness. And because of that, we feel separated uh-huh. from God. Yeah. Uh, we have seasons of misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. We have seasons of unfaithfulness. But none of that mm-hmm. changes God. Yeah, I love you know, that. None of that changes God. God is always mm-hmm. steadfast. God is always faithful. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting to me, and uh, I hope it's not boring younger <laughs> people that mm-hmm. worship in our church that when I stop and think of so many of the hymns mm, that talk about the grandeur so of God as creator and yeah. you know this this past week you know great is our faithfulness yeah. you know there is no shadow yes. of turning with yeah. thee and and that's one of the things uh yeah. another song lyric a little more uh you know, recent, it mm-hmm. was written in the eighties, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Petra, one of my favorite oh, Christian groups Petra, yes. has a lyric in their song, Road to Zion, you know, sometimes a shadow. I think I've years ago, mm-hmm. we talked about this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, lace like a mist across the road, but be encouraged by the sight where there's a shadow, yeah. there's a light. Yeah. And yeah. Um, oh, I love w- that. when we think of how, uh, how it is we relate to God and what can we know about God? What I really want people to think of on uh, day four when they read that is that God is reliable. God is steadfast mm-hmm. and faithful, and there's absolutely nothing we have ever done or anything we could ever do mm-hmm. that's going to change who God is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, it brings me back to what we've talked about before uh, with what uh, John wrote in Revelation that 
God does away with the sun and the moon in the New Jerusalem because He is the one that illumines us. That, that was another thing I was reading last week. Like, no, I can't put that in the sermon. <laughs> Maybe that's how we it's need to end. So, We're starting yeah, in Genesis, right? <laughs> we'll end in Revelation. I love that. It's just so, so, so good. So any closing thoughts you have today? Well, I just hope uh, that you all will continue to stick with us through the series. It really is fun to take what is a harder passage of scripture to to preach and to teach and really dissect it and dive into it and to learn these things like what Jeff was saying about the details of uh, light years. The, yes, and, and just all of those incredible, incredible things that help you to, to not understand, because we could never fully understand it, but slightly grasp how great and big and wide God is. It's just incredible. And and one of the things I would share is whenever we talk about the vastness of the universe and, you know, Jeff quotes off all those numbers mm-hmm. that really are, I just can't understand them. Mm-hmm. I can say them, but mm-hmm. uh, can't understand them, is it can leave us with a feeling of insignificance for mm-hmm. our place in the universe. Mm-hmm. And I would say exactly the opposite yeah. ought to be true. Because God is unchanging and faithful, no matter what we've done, we are significant to God. Yes. And that is just such a glorious <laughs> thing. Amazing. That is the hope of our salvation yeah. and the purpose of our lives. And we always hope that people capture that. Friends, we're, we're so glad that you're Uh, joining us on this podcast, whether you're a repeat listener or a new Mm -hmm. listener, we're grateful for that. One of the things that we would love is to hear from you, Mm -hmm. to to hear what you're getting out of this, to hear if this is helpful, to hear if, uh, you know, some of the things we talk, man, that just really wasn't working for me. I mean, it doesn't all have to be good. We (laughs) we want this to be an effective disciple-making tool Mm -hmm. because, again, that's our mission, making disciples of Jesus Christ. We also understand that the people we usually hear from are people that we see on Sunday morning. And when you feel safe and you feel ready, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning. Our 815 service is a lot more traditional in its order and its music. Our 930 and 1050 services are also times that you can worship. The 1050 and that traditional 815 service you can catch on the live stream if you're not doing that. So you can see the wonderful faces that go with these voices that you hear (laughs) on your podcast every week. And I will use that as a tease to say we're still looking at some other opportunities and improvements to come to our podcast so thank you for listening today we hope we see you soon god bless hey friends d.a bennett st andrews community united methodist church i want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our youtube channel again it's under the church's name and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day so if you're looking for another venue Maybe it'll work for you. God bless.